Welcome to episode number seven, numero siete, of the Truth Is Allowed podcast. Today's guest is Patti Diaz, a Venezuelan pro beach tennis player currently ranked number six in the world in singles and number one in doubles. Beach tennis is one of the fastest growing sports in the world, and Patti is leading a movement to make the sport even more popular. She's constantly traveling around the world, leading beach tennis clinics and events, and also playing international tournaments. She's won over 40 tournaments in her career. In this episode, we talked about her journey in competitive sports. How do winners think? What does it take to literally be the best in the world at something? We also discussed the gender disparity in sports and if female athletes should be paid as much as men. We also talked about the silence of many world athletes regarding causes and movements, either political or social causes. Why do some athletes like Messi or Cristiano Ronaldo, with all the influence and reach they have, rarely promote social causes? And lastly, we also talked about some of the traits that men and women could learn from one another. This was a very interesting conversation. I hope you enjoy it. Here we are, Patti Diaz. Welcome to the Truth Is Allowed podcast. How are you doing? Great. Thank you so much for the invitation. Happy to be here, for sure. I'm very excited, super, super excited, um, Patti, because we went through so much trying to schedule this episode, hey? Like, literally, right before we started, we were speaking in Spanish, by the way, for like 10 minutes, just catching up and, and seeing how things are. But, Patti, you... you you travel a lot, you compete a lot, you support meaningful causes, you do so many things throughout so many places all the time. Like, how, how do you do it? That's a good question, actually. Um, you know, I was thinking about it uh, recently. Uh, more than, you know, I, I always say that people have to find their own formula, you know, whatever makes their, uh, them happy. And and this is something very individual. This is, in my opinion, nothing we can find on any uh, source, Google, nothing. I mean, we cannot find that. We Each of us has to look for that. But actually, you know, I think one of the keys of my, if you can call it or if I can call it uh, success, is uh, have been the leader drops. You know, you know, like a lake that is very, very calm and, and once you put a drop, like it starts making a lot of things, a lot of waves. For me, this is the most important. I think that in, in different uh, stages of my life, uh, I was active. I, I tried to do something. I, I was thinking about something different. I was having ideas. I was, I don't know, my mind really is, is kind of crazy. I think it's something. Yeah, I think it's positive as well. And I think up to some some extent, I identify a couple of things there that I think might be, I don't know if it's related to Venezuela and the place we come from on how, how there's just so many things happening around you that you have to stay on your feet. And we'll, we'll get back to that. But first I want to, I want people to know your story a little bit because we, we know each other already and you know, before the episode is when I start digging 
okay, and searching your name and, and really learning where you come from and what you have achieved in your personal life and really for a full sport, like a, a world sport as a female as well. So since young, you were a tennis player and then you were very good at it. You really enjoyed tennis. You were very passionate about it. And unfortunately, you started suffering injuries related uh, to your wrist. And uh, one day around in, in the year 2012, I believe you were invited by some friends to go to the beach. And they said, hey, by the way, do you do you happen to to have a, a racket? Do you want to play beach tennis? And you said, oh, let's do it. And then the rest was history. Patty, how did it all begin? You know, uh, I always say uh, sometimes a crisis can become a really, really big opportunity in my opinion. Sometimes we are too stubborn. We don't know how to listen. And actually, the only thing that I was thinking when I was 17 is that I wanted to become a professional tennis player. So I was very focused on that. I was working a lot. I even came to Miami in order to be a professional tennis player. And it was then when uh, at 17, the third surgery happened. You know, my right uh, got destroyed just by playing. No accident, I just I was just playing and, and out of the sudden I couldn't even write, I couldn't even brush my hair. All these things were getting complicated. And then the doctor, when once they opened, they thought it was a simple surgery, but it was actually a very delicate situation. One ligament was broken, the tendon, no, six ligaments had to be rebuilt and one tendon was broken. But to make the long story short, uh, I was so sad and frustrated at 17 because I didn't understand. I didn't understand why I wanted something and I was dedicating so much and the people that were around me, uh, I, I, I always believe that I trained a lot more than, than the rest. I, I always tried harder, but I was and I didn't understand why it happened to me. At that moment, I think we are not mature. And you were 17 when you went to Miami? 17 when I came, yes. And when you I went came. with a scholarship or how, I, how did that work? I tried WTA tournaments, but okay. I only got to play one. Okay. Because my wrist couldn't, I mean, I, I couldn't do it anymore. Which uh, WTA is the Women's Tennis so, Association, exactly. right? Yeah. The pro level, and you were paying you like you were already at that level. Yes, I was. I was seventeen without without going to. I mean, I, I was trying. I wanted to try pro for a year before going to the university, and then it didn't happen. I was destroyed. But then you know, uh, I was when when they did the surgery. I never got back hundred uh, percent. If I show my wrist, I mean, I don't have the same the same angle. I have some limitations the wrist that I use for playing beach tennis. So it's so crazy. But then, you know, uh, one day I was in vacation and I all, I used to go to Venezuela every time in the summer for my family. And then my cousins, that they always liked sports, my, my, but baseball, baseball and soccer. And they played beach tennis. And they were not tennis players. So everybody out of the sun in Barquisimeto, my small city, they were playing tennis. And they were captivated. Like everybody was talking about these things. But actually, the people that were playing, somehow they like, you know, a party. You know, I, I didn't yes. think it was a serious thing, really. Yes. 
And then I didn't, at the beginning, say, ah, maybe it's kind of boring. You know, I was not so, so interested. And my cousin wanted to pick me up. Yeah, I'm taking you. I'm taking you. These looks, I mean, these you will love. I'm taking you. And then I went to play, and I played singles against uh, uh, an old guy. I mean, he was like 60 and something years old. Oh, wow. And he knew me from tennis, and then he beat me 6-0. Oh, wow. <laughs> But actually, that was the best thing that could have happened to me. Because the month that I was in Barquisimeto, I spent on the court. I was supposed to visit my family, but I yes. was on the court. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And everything started like that. And no, it's, it. it's such a, an interesting sport. Because now that I've been really following it and trying to understand it, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing sport because it's both weird but at the same time just very very difficult and competitive like very difficult um and the reason why i say it's a little bit weird and, and obviously it's difficult it's because it's in a lot of the tournaments that i've seen there's like a party going on during <laughs> the game literally like there is music on the background there's people on the stands or sitting like considerably close to the court in some cases, I saw there were live narrators, like literally narrating the game, the match. And it was the, the players almost were part of the crowd. It was just such a beautiful experience in, in, in a sports court, right? How do you, like, do you think that that whole energy, that weird mix really made it a very, very strong passion? Do you think it was the same as tennis? Was it different, more meaningful? How did it feel? For sure, this you, you got to the key because in tennis, I was so frustrated all the time because it was too serious. And remember, I, I came from horses. I did horse riding for 15 years and I did competitions in horses with my family. So there were all, always a lot of people. And in tennis, I was alone. So I didn't enjoy that much tennis. Once I did tennis, it connected. Really, I, I believe that things are like happen for a reason. I, if I if you analyze me as a as an athlete, inside and outside, or physically and 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 and, and mentally, I'm the tennis. I mean, the combination is made or I'm made for this. It's crazy. I have strong legs from horses. I have the control of the racket for, from tennis. I have this spirit, I connect with energy. I mean, I'm all about energy. So for me, once I started playing this thing, it's like, <laughs> like the, the world changed to me. Yeah, you didn't stop. It was it was history from then on. Um, you know, but the, there's something that Ramsey, my brother, which is the one who actually introduced me to you, that introduced us. He told me something about you many years ago. And I, it still sticks in my head today when I follow on your social media and I see everything you do. And that is that you are not only an athlete, you are, you are a true influencer. Like I like to think that people like you are true influencers, okay? And every, all the causes you support, you're constantly growing, you're constantly pursuing something better, you're constantly encouraging people to, to, to hop on and you know, make things change for a good reason positively and then i think to myself i say why can't all the athletes be like that 
Like, why can't Cristiano Ronaldo and Messi or Christine Sinclair, you know, like, why can't they, with the power of influence, okay, that an athlete has, try to incentivize that change? So tell us a little bit about, about your lifestyle, some of your causes, and also the role that you have um, in your sport in terms of making the sport grow. Yes. Um, I think the same as you. I being so uh, such a, an active play, uh, player, athlete outside the court uh, makes me makes me uh, think and sometimes don't understand other athletes that have way more uh, influence in terms of uh, mass. They have bigger crowds. They have bigger social media. I really don't understand why they don't use it more. But you know, I, I came to a conclusion, maybe I'm wrong, but I think they never wanted that. They, they, they were players and, and they got there and they, they didn't want to be influenced. They influenced it. You know, people made them that. People idolatrize them. I mean, uh, they, they think they're gods and they're just people. And some of them just want to play. True. I mean, me, I would like to do so, so many things, but it's in my personality. Maybe, I don't know, most of the athletes don't have that inside, inside them. Even I was, uh, I was watching uh, the Tiger Woods uh, documentary, and I was so surprised because the, the dad put so much pressure on him, on becoming a legend. You know, like he, he said he had to change culture, and black players were going to be different after him. And he just wanted to play golf. He was a kid. So the same, I don't know, Maradona, I don't know if, if, you, can, if you can understand. But in my opinion, they don't want to be influencers. They just want to play. That's the only thing that they, they're happy doing. And then they don't want to do anything else but that. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I just feel that sometimes there's just causes that are like they're difficult not to like openly support you know what i mean but at the same time you're right like you know and, and i've discussed this with a lot of friends we like maradona a lot people can't see in the video here but you can see me through a screen and like i have a maradona jersey back there literally right so one of the things that we would say was like yeah he never chose that he just wanted to play you know and and i i guess that has to do a lot with the type of life he had right but um, what are some of the causes, Patty, that nowadays you're actively promoting? I wanna I wanna get the ball rolling with one, yes. which is growing the sport. So you are almost like an ambassador of beach tennis across the world, um, and you were also the best player at some point in the circuit. Like you were number one ranked in the world, which is inc incredible. And you'll tell me a little bit about that. But what is your role right now as an ambassador for the sport worldwide? I consider uh, some players true ambassadors. I think beach tennis is a lifestyle, and I think uh, I, I don't think I'm sure. Every time I go now, they're even having tournaments in Dubai, in the Middle East. So we play beach tennis in more than 50 countries. Everywhere I go, this sport really changes the life of the people. It's crazy. Why? Because this sport makes everybody want to play. The dad. The mom, the grandparents, the grandsons, everybody gets the family all together. But yes, I 
because Bistenis Gaini has given me a lot and continues to, to give me a lot in my life, I just want to make it bigger. And uh, now that you mentioned that, I have a, a something going on in my mind, and I I shared that with uh, with some people that uh, can really make things happen. And uh, I'm taking that uh, that into consideration that being ambassador to make Bishin is really really big. And uh, if everything goes according to the plan, uh, there will be some changes, and 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 I will be one of the yes people making those changes in the sport. Actually, I'm just going to say that uh, we've been looking to, to the sport and analyzing it and, and, and analyzing it in, in the way like it, it would be a company. And then, so what's missing? I mean, what is Beach Tennis missing in order to get bigger? And we are working to get those holes filled. And, and, and I think really we're going to have amazing results. Uh, for sure, I don't forget about me as a player. Um, I'm super active right now. Rafa, which is my partner, she's currently the number one of the world. So together, our rankings combined makes us the, the number one female team in the world. So actually, we are there still. We're there. And I cannot quit, quit and I don't want to quit. For me, <clears throat> uh, I consider that I have some... Uh, things that I cannot forget. One of them is Patty Athlete. I, I, this uh, makes the fire, uh, I don't know, it, it, without the Patty Athlete, it changes. So I don't want to, I don't want to uh, uh, take off the attention of that. So I, I will do that. And at the same time, by doing what I think I enjoy the most, that is playing, uh, I will, I will work hard, hard to make quick changes in this training. And, and Patty, sorry, but you mentioned Patty athletes. Yes. Can, can you can you expand a little bit on that? What What is it? Sure. What does it mean? It's the Patty that, that plays and travels the world. Um, in, in, in my beach tennis career, I had to become many Patties. Uh, I had to become Patty athletes. I had to become Patty social life. I mean, I, I had to become party business leader, you know, I, in my sport, being so new, we had to do everything by ourselves. I even at some point had to create my own training, my own physical training. I had to be sitting with companies in order uh, for opportunities, like to, to, to take opportunities about sponsorship. We do so, that a lot. So, so did it start as a kind of like a recreational sport? And then people started liking it and it got serious. And then someone said like, okay, well, let's, let's create a federation and a tournament, etc." Yes, it started in 2008. I, I, I started in 2012. In 2008, the ITF, which regulates also professional tennis, got and, and, and take care. I mean, from then, it, it took care of, uh, of the big tournaments and the world ranking. So... Uh, from then, I, I believe it started to get, be very serious, uh, and 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 now it, it conquered so many places. Now it's crazy, more than fifty countries. It's crazy. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned it, and I I can't think like there's so many good. Honestly, every country in the world would be a great candidate to have that sport. Like I think right now here in Vancouver, 
And it's like in the summer, we have here beaches that like they're called Quetzalano or um, Spanish banks, etc., which are just huge dunes of yeah. sand. And in, I think it's in one of them in Spanish banks, there's like 30 um, um, quartz there. Like, I'm not sure if it's the right measures or whatever, but they're there. And it, it, it will be something like I can already picture the summer every single day that place being just complete crazy like games people tournaments etc obviously yeah, post-covid no but yeah it seems like it's such a very as you said inclusive and also uh, even modern sport it's like it's so new it's so new i i want to ask you a little bit about the mindset required to be the best in the world okay like you know it's easy to say it it's, it's very easy to say, oh, yeah, you're the best in the world at this. Can you tell? I don't know. There is absolutely no one better in the world, okay, in beach tennis, women's sport of beach tennis, than, than you and your partner. What is it required to get there and stay there? Well, uh, in my opinion, uh, I, I have seen many different cases. Okay, um, as I said before, if there were a formula, everybody would just do it and everybody could just become the best, but actually there, it doesn't exist. In like, for me, how did it work? I, I started the sport without the idea. Like I didn't have, uh, it wasn't in my mind that I could become the best. It really was in my mind, so I, when I enter, it's not that I put that in my mind. I, well, I, I would become the best. No, I. What I did was the following. I I analyzed myself uh, and I said, this is Patty, okay. Patty player, uh, not so tall, quick legs. Uh, I have good control. I mean, I analyze all the aspects of my game, and I wanted to work better than all the other athletes. So my sport was new. So. so girls were not taking it so serious and i said okay, there is something that i that i can change is me taking it more serious so i started training different uh, I, I mean the, there was not a way like that you could follow no, i had creating that that way all, all the time yeah you're literally creating the sport exactly literally. from scratch yeah from scratch uh, it was there but it was too too new it's too new. So I started studying myself, other athletes, uh, men, uh, women. I started studying a lot. I, I, I played with old people, with kids. I played with everybody, everybody. So for me, uh, the passion, it's first for sure. The education. Uh, I, there is a saying that I like a lot that says, people can be more talented than you, but uh, they... You, there is no excuse they can work more than and and for me it was very clear at the beginning i understood i saw other girls that were more talented yes for sure but they didn't have the the, the, the same passion and they were even making fun of me you know when there was an empty court they said patty why are you not playing you're playing all the time like why are you not there they, they started making these jokes and actually i got respect out of this I got the respect that I was working more than anybody. So once I get to the four, they know they have they have to kill me in order to win. 
because I was there and I was prepared. So they started training. They started training different. It was amazing. So, so my- you literally pioneered uh, a one. movement that of- became, yeah, one of the pioneers of a movement that became, that is, if I'm not wrong, one of the fastest growing sports in the world. Yes. Right? Which is, in it, it, it's incredible. Um, and now, Patti, also, what does it take to actually stay there? Because then now that you have so many people taking it more seriously, right? And they are coming up also with their own ways of like training or this and that and revolutionizing the sport. Well, like, what does it take to stay there? And I want people who are listening to relate this also, not only with sports, but with their own lives, with their families or at their jobs, at uh, their careers, you know, like how, what do you have a, what's your mental framework? You know, how do you see things? Not stopping. I don't stop. I, I just want to get better every day. Really. I, I focus on, on the practical things. I, I'm not perfect. I mean, I had a lot of bad days in my career. A lot of them. I had a lot of months, bad months, bad matches, bad tournaments, but I continue. I really, I didn't quit. I, I, I wanted to be better. I, I would lose a match and I would go and memorize everything that happened. How did it happen? What could I have done different? And I would train. I would train more and more and more. And the next tournament, I was a different puppy. So I, I continue. I, I, I just kept going all the time. Really, that, that's one. In my experience, you know, when we are down, that it's normal. We are, it, all, it happens to all of us. There are bad days. So when we're all down, we want to stop. We want to stop. Instead of move, we, we want to stop. It's, it's the first reaction. And what we should do is really move. It's, it's to move. Do something, you know. Uh, uh, read something different or call somebody different or try to train different. And for me, that has been a key. Yeah. Like you started and you literally never stopped. Never stopped. Crazy. And that doesn't mean that there's no downs. Like that doesn't mean it's going to be easy or um, uneventful. Yeah, there will still be a lot of, you know, rough patches and, and difficult challenges. But the key is, as you said, just just doing it. What strategies do you have when you have those um, challenges? You know, because like what, what do you try to, I know you said continuously moving, right? But what happens if one day or during some periods you're really, really having a rough time? And the reason why I asked this is, and I told you this before the interview, you know, we're in a pandemic. Uh, there's so many things going on around in the, in the markets, in the economy. Um, you know, we still have the um, climate change issue as well. We got politics on top of that. And, you know, while we were talking, to plan this conversation, it was difficult. It was difficult. Like I was a little bit busy, but you were like flying to this tournament here and then you were playing there. And then, you know, you would go to LA to give a, a clinic and then you would come back and then you got vaccinated yesterday and you were like, hey, should we, should, should we talk after? And I was like, no, no, don't worry. It's like, even during a pandemic, you know, you, you, your performance as a human being just continues to go up and up and up and up and up, you know, to excel as a human being. And it's something that I admire so much. So what are some of those strategies that you use when you're at your bottom? 
um, <clears throat> I think I'm, I'm very lucky. Uh, I, I, I do have people around me that, that love me and, and want me to. Uh, I have a couple of friends that I can always call. I have my family. I've been really lucky on that. Uh, and, but normally, you know, it's difficult that I call and I say, in order for me to say I'm down, it's, it's difficult. I have to sense it in order to, to keep me going. But, you know, I think besides having good people around me, it is one thing that makes a big difference. I think uh, I think uh, I, I, I am a, an eternal positive person. You know, I for some reason, it, when when I'm when I see that something's not working, I I I want to see something else. I you know the collateral beauty. You know it's like something bad happens, but it brings something positive. And it's always like this. So for example, the pandemic uh, brought us time. It gave us time. I didn't have time before COVID. I was always traveling always pity. I, I didn't even have time to analyze my game anymore and, and to say maybe I'm not training the, the, the way that I'm training. To analyze my, my, my finances because my sport is expensive. My sport, we don't earn a lot and we spend a lot. So I was, I was kind of going and going and going and going without a plan, without a, a plan. So COVID, when, when, when COVID put me out of the court, uh, I had to think on the, on the, of the other things. I said, okay, I really have a lot of work to do. Okay, so what am I doing with my career? And what am I doing with my finances? And what, what if I want to, you know, I always wanted to have a foundation and I always wanted to do conferences. I stopped that. I want to go back to, you know, I always try to, to do whatever is possible at the moment in, on, in the circumstances. And actually, now that I'm here in Miami, it's because I, I, I just became a, a U.S. citizen. Congratulations. Thank you. And I'm waiting <laughs> for my passport. I thought it was like three weeks, and now I'm, I've been here for a month and a half. And I'm showing because they have Dubai now. Sorry, what was that? What was that? They, they, uh, ah, it got cut. That I was, I, I was kind of frustrated that I had to spend all this time here because there was Dubai. Dubai is in two days. It's the first big tournament after COVID. And players are there. And this happened at the same moment. So I was so frustrated and trying to go to, back to Brazil and train with Rafa and then travel to Dubai. But it didn't work. It just, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't do anything because immigration this is something that you cannot control. So once I made the decision, it's always like this. You have a few bad days or a day or a few hours bad. But then once I made the decision, I said, okay, I'm here. I mean, you're here. You cannot go, and you have to wait. What can you do while being here? And I said, okay, where can I visit? Okay, there is Orlando, having a lot of players. There is Puerto Rico, having a lot of players. There is California. They had contacted me. I said, okay, I will organize things in the U.S. I'm gonna make a U.S. tour, and that's what actually what I what I did. In one day, I organized three places. And then I said, okay, I spent three days in Orlando giving clinics. I spent um, 
three or four days in Puerto Rico and I spent three days in LA giving clinics. And I did so many things. I got vaccinated. I, I, I have now my citizenship. I'm waiting for my passport. I, I spoke about this project that I told you uh, about making something really, really big. All this happening in, in one month. So maybe if I was working for Dubai, I wouldn't be making all these things. But it was always like this. I always had something. I, and I always, I was always working for something. And most of them didn't work. I mean, I, I, had, I have had a lot of projects in my life. And a lot of them didn't work. But I spent so much time and passion and I believed that it could work. And a few of them happened, and the ones that happened are amazing and changed my life. So I will always be that, the crazy, the beliefs and the tries and the goals 100%. And if it happens, it's amazing. If not, I will find something else for me. Exactly. Like this. It's, it's a beautiful way to see life, to be honest, because you know what people forget often when they look from the outside, is that those victories that shine and are very public and are just out there and everybody knows wouldn't be there without those that didn't work. For sure, for sure. You know, it's like they wouldn't be there. Simple as that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. The best and... I have done in my life, I, I just tried and, and I believed. And even if, if I was not ready, I got ready on the way. And, and, and that's the way it should be. There's so many examples now that I think about it, you know, when you go back and you think, well, I was really in a tough place or this was really a huge, huge issue. And then it ended up being something better. It's crazy. It's really insane. Like I have these two anecdotes in which in my life I have those examples, like life changing things that happened after very difficult periods. So I guess it's just a matter of, as you said, always staying in motion and trying to look at the at the bright things well now that you mentioned that since you mentioned that you're very positive what's is there a difference at all between optimism and positivity do you see any difference at all um do you consider yourself more positive than op optimistic how, how do you see that i i think it, it could be different yes uh, in my opinion optimistic uh, has more er energy I don't know why, I, I, I feel that it's more alive. I think I'm an optimistic for sure. I'm all about energy and, and passion. Uh, it has its bad sides as well, because sometimes you just always want different things, and sometimes you just have to stop and analyze all we have done and all the steps that we have given. This is something that for me is very, it's very difficult to do. Sometimes I forget how I started and, and where I am right now and, and, and all the things that I accomplished. I, I, sometimes it's difficult for me to, to realize that. Do you think it's important to feel defeats or, or 100%. losses when you're younger? Do you think when you're younger? I think you always, I mean, I think it's always good. To, to that you're not uh, immortal and then I, I, I think I worded it wrong but like is it better to start feeling losses since you're young I think it makes you stronger yes 
I think it makes you resilient. I, I, I have connected with warriors, not only in sports, in life, and the ones that have faced uh, something difficult, they have something different. I, I don't know how to describe it. There's something in them, hey? Yes. Well, you know, I think I think it has to do a little bit with what you were saying at first. Not, don't stop. Keep going. Non-stop. There is no other choice. I like to think that way a, a, a lot. I found that the the best scenarios that I've or outcomes that I've had in my life have been when I've consciously told myself there is no other choice other than this. Which I think it's positive on one side because it pushes you up. But then at the, and on the other side, you sometimes have to pull the brake because that same ambition and energy can crash you and become anxiety or become that noise that doesn't give you peace as well. I always have that. I always, uh, this is one uh, not so bright side of being an optimist and, and uh, so connected to, to people and, and so passionate. But I, if I were to choose that's something that I that I would always choose about myself, really. And people tell me I'm crazy a lot of times. People around me. I mean, when I said to my parents that I that I was serious about beach tennis, the phrase that my dad used was, "Oh come on, next thing you want to be an astronaut." Because I mean, you you really. I mean, this is it's and 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 this is true. And, but I'm I'm willing to take the risk, and and it's the same. Uh, I guess it's cliche, but I, in my opinion, it's the same with love. Love hurts. I mean, when you go and believe and you go 100%, it freaking hurts. But it's all worth it. I cannot imagine doing something without the same passion. It's, not, it's just not me. Um, I want to ask you now about women and sports. I, uh, you know, one of the most recent social topics has been the 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 status of gender in sports. There's been a lot of uh, claims and cases in which women in sports are unfairly paid in, and in some cases or don't receive the same attention as the male athletes do as well. And I want to tackle this topic because I do know that it's, you know, for a lot of people it could be sensitive. I want to tackle it in a way as if I didn't know uh, the situation and I just wanted to ask you about what, what, what's your opinion on it? And, and try to feel all the pieces together just with the idea of, hey, let's explore this, let's unpack it. So, Patti, do you think there is inequality in some sports between men and women? Do you think women should be paid the same as men as well in, in a lot of the sports? Yeah, you, you can start wherever yes, you feel. In feel my it's, case, it's I've fit. been lucky again in this things because I think it came uh, in a good moment, like modern world understands more than uh, uh, making so many uh, uh, differences. Uh, it's kind of stupid. It doesn't make a lot of sense uh, to create that division. Uh, sports unites. I mean, this is something that really doesn't go with, with sports. But tennis, uh, when it became, and now it's becoming very, very big, it was already in a year that, or in a modern era, you know, like people were accepting more the, the female athletes, you know, and they were 
uh, considered equal. Some cases, in some cases, some players wanted to make a difference. They wanted to, to because like since tennis is the same, it pays equal to both men and, 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 and women, each tennis did the same. So they pay equally, 50-50. Then some guys started complaining about it. But it stopped, like really, they put a fire, four or three or four or five, and it, it was over. I mean, they get anywhere. I believe that, uh, I believe in, in inequality. I, I believe that uh, sport is, is one of the best gifts that, 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 that humans have created. I think sports is, is an amazing tool uh, to unify people uh, about, uh, of races, religions. Uh, this is something that gets people together. So in my opinion, for sure, and as a woman and as a female athlete, I, I, I believe that equality is, 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 a, is a necessity. It's an obligation that we all have. But uh, I could understand that other sports, uh, older sports like football, uh, like baseball that has softball, but like these sports that have been there, like they were created years ago. Years ago, it was not the same as today. Years ago, girls, the, the role of the girls was really clear. It was in the house, it was to take care of the men. So I think it's normal that we still have some consequences about uh, all that time that passed. Uh, and we don't see it only in sports. For sure, we see it in business. We see it in everyday life. I mean, we still see it, that uh, the salary that, that women uh, get is really, really less than, than, than boys. But I, I think it's changing. Like many things are changing. I think that uh, uh, we should all uh, put our our small brain or our small thing uh, uh, in order to make things better. Uh, for sure, we all think uh, in a different way, but we, I think uh, uh, sport has it very clear. As I said, for me, sport is it, it's uh, it's union, it's union, and, and really, the name of the of the of the thing that I'm creating has something about union that you will see in the, in the future. But uh, we we shouldn't forget about that. We shouldn't forget that that. That, that we are just humans and we we, we are the same. You know, we're so different, but we are, we gotta help each other. We, these are rights, in my opinion, yes. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's a difficult topic. I try to see it a lot. I, I really enjoy politics a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm getting a little bit into finance and I do marketing. So I always try to look at, at things philosophically a little bit um and what i found interesting about sports is that i've always said listen like we live in a free market this is a little bit more political but i said we live in a free market let the market decide what what it wants and then in that case like what i what i've always felt has been like hey whatever the sport is if people want it more pay them more that's the way I see it. Oh, but it's very, it's very rough and straight. But it also becomes a problem when there is not the same path to get to to the to the highest point. And you know, speaking here in Canada to a lot of friends of mine, female that were 
girls that played like Canadian national team, they would say, like they would very pragmatically, pragmatically say to me, if you didn't make it before university, like you were done because there were no other ways or teams to play that were compet competitive. If you didn't make it in the five or six teams that were available for women to play high competitive sports, that was it. When in men's sport, obviously in soccer, yes. you do have, you don't have five or six teams, you have more. Like you have more, okay, I'll go to this club, I'll go to this academy, you know, there's an agent closer by, right? So that's when I say, mm, that's a problem. Because yes, whoever makes it and, and brings more money or more eyes, pay them more. That's fine, in my opinion. But when you... They just got more time on it. No, in the world. In Canada? I mean, because men started earlier. As well. Yeah, exactly. So when you have girls trying to get into pro soccer, but then they find themselves at 17 already saying, well, I don't have anywhere to play. How? That's not right. You know, that's that's when I'm like, okay, that's a problem. And you also, we also saw it with the women's national team in the US. They, um, I, I have to look into the numbers but they brought more revenue or I think even got farther than the men's like they, well, yeah, they won the world cup, <laughs> like they won the world cup and the men's, I don't think, I don't know. I don't even remember, remember if they went to the world cup, but in my case, I would be like, okay, the women, you know, like they, they created more, like they did better pay them more, but then that was not the case. So I'm not sure what the, what the status of that trial is, but there are hurdles I feel for a lot of women, in at least in soccer that I know of, to get to the same start point as men. What is beach tennis doing right? Like, what is beach tennis doing right for both, you know, boys and girls? Um, you know, I think uh, we women. I mean, I think that, that beach tennis in general has it's kind of uh, it's so good that it grows along <laughs> really. Without a big organization, ITF, the, the work of the ITF is to regulate and to and to it's, it's to take care of the growth of these things, but they actually have uh, not a lot of people working with these things. So they they basically regulate it and not promote it. Okay, uh, so tennis has grown alone, basically. In my opinion, it's so powerful. For people that it just grows whatever like the, the, the plant just grows whatever the seed is it's planted you know? and then um, I, I, I believe uh, also because uh, it's a very attractive sport uh, you see women playing in small shorts or tops uh, it gets the attention of the media I think maybe that's why also uh, because also, besides the beauty of the sport, uh, sure, the guys are also in good shape. But you know, uh, like uh, what sells the most is girls in bikini suits. <laughs> but it's true. But but then uh, the style of the game that the that the girls have compared to the guys is, is so different. If if you would see more the sport, you, you would you would understand what I'm saying. The guys are faster and stronger. The girls are uh, are all about t 
defenses and, and crazy shots and they, the rallies take long. And the rallies, so yes, long. I saw so that. So a lot of people prefer actually watching girls play. But other people prefer to see the guys. So in my opinion, there, there is public for everybody. I think it's what uh, makes the sport um, so big in, in the places that it arrives. It's so dynamic. It's beautiful. You play at a beautiful beach with music. I think the energy helps a lot, the atmosphere of the game. Yeah, that's another thing because um, it's zero intimidating. Zero. Yes. It's so encouraging. It's so encouraging. So even for a young boy or a girl that is, in this case, yes, the, the boys and girls started at the same place, right? But if you had another sport with the same energy and vibes, say soccer, then uh, beach tennis, for those girls that are starting now, you know, it would be a huge difference. Like it would be so much of a lifestyle, as you said before, right? Like, yeah, yeah. I wish all the sports had a little bit of that, to be honest. I don't know if it's a little bit of like, do you think it's a little bit of uh, like yeah, a Latino kind of thing? Uh, it's played in Europe in, in very cool places, in my opinion. I mean, it, the atmosphere is amazing. Uh, but you know, if we if we saw every sport, what you said is it's for me the key. They they started a long time ago and they started different. When you start something not wrong, but when you start in one way, making it in other way after is more difficult. You start like this, it's easier. But when you start bad, it's like a, a it's like a marriage. You start and then you 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 start bad after to fix it is more difficult. You gotta start right, and it, for that I think we were lucky. I think uh, soccer and other sports have to have to go back a little bit and, and, and see how we start. You know, I think they have to restart. And tennis is the same; they are changing the rules because tennis is so long, and some people, the new generations, cannot see a five-hour match. This is something that they discuss a lot, and they're very resistant. They don't want to change it because tradition. Because, but times are these are changing. I don't know if I agree with a five-hour man. You know. Yeah, yeah, but and just just to people into just to put it into people's minds, when you describe what you know, when you say that soccer started before, as a soccer player, what that means is that in soccer. It's relatively, I would say, in most of the world, it's okay to go to the stadium and insult yes. someone to their face. You know, it's like to call their mother names and their children and just be the worst version of a human being because you have free license to do it because it's always been like that. In episode number two of, of, the, of the show, I spoke to Mike. He's one of my... Um, um, bosses at, the, at a soccer club that I coach for. Great guy, technical director, huge experience. He played in, in the UK and he told me, I was a 19 year old Canadian playing in the UK and then did a bad, like a bad pass. They almost scored on us. And his fans, like the fans of his team, were insulting him by a bunch. And then he did a good play and then he, like his team scored thanks to him and then everybody loved him again. But 
you don't see that negative component in beach tennis. It doesn't exist. And I feel it's almost like a movement in a way that if there is someone, a heckler or whatever, that do, does come forward and behaves that way, almost the same community will be like, sure. we don't want sure. that. Yes, they'll push that person out. Think that, uh, the partners that the ones are about culture. Mm -hmm. Some cultures are used to that. Streaming and making loud discussions. So they are discussing with themselves openly. This happens a lot in, in, in the future. But it got a, such a negative reaction from people that in my opinion it's changing. We don't see it so often. And it's actually, you know, we, we, we have no judge in the first round. So there is not an, yes, after is now, okay, in big tournaments you have to have, but we're not used to that. We are honest to each other. We don't have players, I mean, one or two, that every sport has that kind of lie. And you know who they are. The rest are like, a, are super honest. So you see it out, it's out, you see it in, it's in. We have openly, I mean, we speak openly. This is great because we started being like that. And it's a lifestyle. It's something positive. It's a lifestyle. Wow. It's almost like a small version of yes. what the world should be if it was a sport, if the world was a sport and we were all yes. One of my dreams is to I want to make it accessible yes. for everybody. I want to make public courts in Venezuela. I want to make a lot of public courts. It's one of the projects. One day. Mm. Here in Canada, listen, Patty, I'm not even joking. In Canada, since there's seasons, right? When the winter hits, it's difficult, at least for me. Sure. You know, I'm, I'm Latino, but there's a lot of rain and, and, and snow and it's cold. If, if you have here, in Canada, like a, a, a place with three or four indoor courts or for beach tennis. Oh my God, that would be massive. I think I would quit soccer and become a beach. Uh, yeah, you would have to capacitate me in a clinic so I could become We're a coach. Sure. No, but I'm sure about it. I'm sure. And, and Patty, what can girls um, in other sports can try to do to overcome some of the opportunity hurdles that they might have um, when going in a sport, you know, like, because you're not only a, like a very competitive, successful female athlete, also as a woman, like, you know, you're unbelievable. You are amazing. You have a sense of self-awareness that's unique. You're incredibly competitive. You're connected to home. You're not, you're you're very mindful you're not scared of what's coming like you are a fantastic role model as a woman so what do you recommend as a woman and an athlete top performer to these girls that are in other sports that don't have the same equality as speech tennis people use or say it's a weakness uh, i think as women we are and that sixth sense that we have that since it's beauty I think it's really powerful. I think we that sensitivity. Uh, yes, I think we, we we shouldn't be afraid of that, you know, of being fragile. 
and being sensitive and, and caring. Uh, you know, I think sometimes girls want to see themselves as a strong thing, you know, in, in sports. And if you see, it's like a robot, but we usually are not like that. We are fragile. I mean, uh, we are sensitive. We are different. We are full of energy. We, we take care of others. This is something that uh, we are meant to do like that. So in my opinion, instead of showing that uh, shield, you know, protection shield, with that sensitivity, uh, we can change the world. In my opinion, instead of uh, wanted, wanting to, to look more like the guys, just being a girl, it's amazing. We don't have to prove anything to the guys. We have to prove to ourselves and to our people. Uh, and if I, if I think if all the girls in sports, whatever sport they, they, they have and they choose to practice, if they do that, if they really respect themselves and don't want to pretend to be something else and stronger, this would, would connect to people. You know, sometimes by showing something that it's not us, we, we just disconnect ourselves to people. Our, our heart becomes less, less strong. And in my opinion, you know, uh, for sure, finding the true self is something difficult. I mean, we, we have it all over the years. We start knowing each other. You know, it's, it's, it's such a difficult thing. This is, a, uh, for me, an, an eternal discovery. You're always learning about yourself. But once you start accepting yourself and once you start loving yourself and, 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 and show openly without fear, Show that to others. I think it's super powerful. Yeah. So playing on your strengths as they are, <laughs> literally, even the weaknesses. Are. You know, I, I think even we the have weaknesses. To think yeah. More often about the weaknesses. I think we have to. The girls have weak mm-hmm. focus and uh, the guys as well. So the guys are yeah. used to showing themselves sure. strong. We shouldn't. We shouldn't do the same. Yeah, I say. I actually say strengths because I saw the the weaknesses as strengths right like exactly what you're saying like yeah why should we think they are weaknesses in in, in you know We're like, human it's, like, it's what makes us who we are yeah and i really wish to be honest that uh, this is a se- separate conversation but i you know i do believe that there's very unique traits in most um like men or and women as well that are just unique and I wish men had that sensitivity that women possess honestly because there's a lot of toxic environments I feel that are created around the world by I think very unfortunate um, I wouldn't even say masculine traits I would just say wrong the wrong sense yes, of masculinity I, pretty much I, agree. I think this is something um, about I don't know why we're so worried about showing ourselves strong. And, and I say that me, myself, I have done that. I mean, sometimes I'm down, I show myself strong. Everybody that is powerful. Yeah, there's a balance. Politi- right, yeah. Yeah, like politics, the politicians, they show themselves like perfect. I mean, they're big and strong. I mean, the, the world doesn't need that now. We are so weak. One pandemic uh, can... Uh, put a, an end to everything, you know. Uh, we are such a small things, and then we are weak. So we we should connect more, you know. We we, we shouldn't pretend. Much. 
yeah yeah and you're right you're right because especially now especially now like showing a side you know every once in a while showing a side or, or making the effort even because there's a lot of people that maybe their personality is shy or you know they're introverts or whatever um so maybe for them sometimes it's difficult to show that um openness right like okay this is what i'm feeling but i think it would connect people so much more if they shared that with other like if i if i was scrolling on instagram and i saw someone sharing something painful to them i would be like wow i'm more i, I really want to talk to this person about this like how can i help you know you know if you see now someone like the typical in a, in a party, in a yacht, like in, on the beach, on the trail. It's like, cool, you know, thank you for the update. It's not that I don't care about their positives. It's just that it's so mainstream now to just share the good stuff that I think by now even sharing the, the difficult times is even more valuable, I feel. Yeah. Patti, in your life, as a, I like to see you as a, almost like a warrior. Like, doesn't matter what comes towards you. You're just, let's do this. I'm not afraid. I am, um, but I go. <laughs> what's, well, there you go. You're afraid, but you still go. You don't stop. Um, what's, your, what's your truth? What do you think is the, the truth behind why we're here? What do you think is the truth about you as a person and what do you think is a truth that a lot of people should try to discover themselves? Um, Very difficult question. Eh? I, uh, <laughs> I could imagine that you, you would come with one very big question. Philosophical sure. at the, right at the end. Boom. You know, I always understood very clear uh, that my sport was simply a tool and that takes so much pressure off me uh, that I don't depend on, on results to be someone you know I don't need to be the number one of the world to be someone uh, there is much more than trophies and, and, and languages and, and whatever championships I, I really believe that the, the biggest thing that I can do is to connect to people uh, by using sports. That was my gift, you know. I always was into sports because I connected so much. But understanding the kind of things that people say to me and feel about me makes it very clear all the time, all the time. You know, people say to me, Patty, you know, I started because of you, because I saw you're small, you know, how do you do it? And you know, you're from Venezuela, there's, there isn't a culture, but I mean, everything was just meant to be, to transmit something, you know, and, and that's my truth. You know, I, I'm not worried if I, if I don't win a lot of championships, I'm not, I would be sad, not worried if I don't get to, to use it in the best way. You know, I, I always believe that, uh, that I, I, I'm meant to, to use my time in a very wise way and, and 
and and I always try to 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 remind myself what my really true truth is. You know, I, I don't want to forget it. You know, I I don't want to get into maybe my sport gets big and and, and more money and, and more victories and more stupid fame, whatever. I want to remember always my truth, but uh, I I I think I I will do that. I think I will remember because it's really clear. And it was always clear. And I, and I, I, I see my life as a, as an interesting one. I, I have faced so many crazy people that you cannot imagine. So, so many, so many. But it was all meant to be, really. Uh, I'm one of, I'm, I, I, yes, I, I do consider myself as a warrior. I think that life has put me in, into very interesting situations. Fati, gr gracias for sharing your truth with us to our listeners thank you so much for listening to the truth is allowed podcast don't forget to subscribe or follow the show that way you will get notifications every time a new episode is released see you soon <laughs>